So, so Rory asked me, you know, hey, you want to you teach at some point um, while we have this little break before home groups? And I said, sure. And so uh, that's been a while back. And, and knowing that I'm going to be having this opportunity, just uh, using my own personal time to study and, and, and just, just continue to wrestle with the, the, the scriptures, um, uh, it just has led me to this, this uh, as Rory said, Psalms chapter 1 tonight. So if you guys just want to turn there and... Um, The, the the doctrine series. A lot of you were a part of that, right? And, and uh, here on Wednesday nights, and, and the purpose behind that, or, or actually, what, you know, what what kind of drove us to that? We're we're always talking about as elders. How can we better um, just equip the church? How can we shepherd this church just the best that God would have us to do? And 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 so, um, in light of some conversations that we were having with people, and and, and just coming to an understanding that. Um, we really need to just get the, the basics out there and get this understanding of the truth of God out there as the Bible uh, declares it. And, and so that was our heart behind, that was our reasoning behind the doctrine series, just to just give the full counsel, as we stated, of God and, and equip you with the, the knowledge of the truth of the Scriptures. Um, we want you to be equipped with God's wisdom God's counsel, not man's wisdom, man's counsel. That's the way of life that leads to, to, to truth, to freedom. Um, uh, the truth will set us free, as we know. Um, lately, I've had a lot of conversations, you know, kind of the, re- regarding doctrine. And, and um, some have been encouraging, as I've spoken with, with some of you even in here um, but, but some have been a, a little bit discouraging, and, and, and why I say that is because um, in, in still in continuing to talk to people about the truth of the Scriptures, I've come to realize that people are still confused, and, and, and people that, that go here even, and, and um, to some very basic um, beliefs of, of the Christian faith. And so um, I've had a lot of conversations lately that have dealt with um, just what does it mean to even be saved? What does it mean to have faith? We know we're saved by our faith. What, what does it mean to have faith? I spoke with a friend of mine recently um, that has professed to know Christ for most of his life, and, and, and he's older than I am, and um, has you know, been a churchgoer for most of his life, and, and just recently had a conversation with him talking about faith and, and what it means to have faith. And, and, and um, I, I was really blown away at, you know, he's talking about faith and having this faith. And he's talking about, you know, our conversation was about 20 minutes. And about 20 minutes into it, he said, you know, I, I have faith in my heart, right? It, it, it matters what's in my heart, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does matter what's in our heart, you know. And, and, and then he goes on saying, so... Um, Really, if it, if it just matters what's going on in my heart, I don't know that my actions really matter. I don't know what I do really matters if it, as long as it's just in my heart. You know, and I was just really concerned with that. It's like, no, no, your actions are going to validate your faith. They're going to justify your faith. Um, James actually says uh, that your, that, that your uh, faith is completed by your works. A lot of people don't realize that that verse exists in the Bible. It's completed by your works. So I try to talk to him about that a little bit, you know, but just kind of surprised about that conversation. Had a, had a, a very recent conversation with a, a couple that, that, that claim to be Christians. Um, they're, they're living together. They're not married. 
and, and just try to talk to them, you know, counsel them in that and, and the wisdom in that, what the Bible says about that. And uh, quite a ways into the conversation, I said, so, you know, because I was telling them how if we have faith, it's going to be proved by our works and our obedience. Faith is proved by, by us being obedient to the scripture. If we're disobedient to the word of God, we don't have faith. And I'm explaining that to them. And, and so I said, so, you know, if you guys died today, if you guys died today, you know, where, where would you go? Where, where would you, would you be in heaven or where, would you be in hell? Are you guys concerned about that? What do you, what do you think? And, and um, she kind of looks up at him for an answer and then he, he, kind of a blanks there, nothing. And then she turns back to me and she says, well, um, you know, I came forward and accepted Jesus, you know, into my heart. That's what I did. So kind of like looking at me like that's all I've got to do, right? It's just this, I just got to come forward. And in this moment of weakness and, 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 and probably a real stirring from the Holy Spirit, um, you know, tears and, 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 and I accept God in my life. And now I just get to live like I want to, Right? So, so my heart is just really broken, you know, and, and I just continue to try to, to talk to them about what the Bible says, what the, the counsel of God would say. And just holding back tears, really, it's like, gosh, no, Lord, just help me say the right thing. Help me go to the right scripture. Help them to understand. And I've spoken with other people um, in this church that just, you know, we're, we're wrestling with a lot of stuff. Rory's kind of been saying it. Chad got up here last week and was talking about it. Um, Blaine, you know, the overseer of the home groups, he's, I love it. I love that we're wrestling with stuff. Wrestling with scripture is, is what we're wrestling. Wrestling with um, how are we, are we, are, are, are we looking at the Bible and everything that we're doing here? Is it, is it biblical? Does it line up? Does my life, does everything line up with the counsel of God, with the word of God? And so because I've had these, you know, these conversations with people, it's, it's led me to, to the passage tonight in, in Psalms chapter 1. I don't think we can ever um, beat to death talking about what it means to be saved, what it means to be a believer. Um, I know that there's going to be something in here for all of us tonight. Why don't we pray before we get started? Father God, I just, uh, just am grateful uh, to get to to speak, God, what, what you've placed on my heart, Father. And God, we need your strength in this room tonight. We need your power. We need you to open our minds. God, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Help our hearts, Lord. God, I just pray even there might be people that think they've got it all figured out and understand the scriptures fully and just have it all figured out, just coming here to help other people. God, I pray that you would even open their eyes to anything that, that, that they might be misunderstanding, Father. God, help us all just to see clearly your word tonight. God, as we talk about something so very important, Lord, just being in you, God. Help us tonight in Jesus' name, amen. I got the ESV version, so I'm going to read here um, the first, well, all, all of Psalms 1, um, 1 through 6. 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaves does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So here we have, we have two people he's talking about. Uh, um, well, the very first thing it says a blessed man. So a blessed man, and what's the opposite of that? A, a cursed man, right? So a blessed and a cursed, or a saved and an unsaved. Um, we know that they're talking about salvation because of the language at the end of the chapter there where it talks about the, that, um, um, the, the, the perishing of the wicked, the perishing of, the, uh, of the, um, the man who is not blessed. Okay, so, so, so that sets it up for us. So we get that. So this is talking about a blessed man, a saved man right here. So I know that in just having some conversations with, with people, here's something, here's something for us right here we, um, uh, that we can take, that we can take uh, comfort in knowing for ourselves, that we can share with other people about salvation, about being saved. <clears throat> so the first thing that we see in a blessed man, I keep hooking myself. <laughs> I don't know if it bugs you, but it bugs me. The first thing that we see is that um, the blessed man will not walk in the way, not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or another version, it says the ungodly. So who, who are the wicked? Who are the ungodly? Well, the ungodly would be anyone who does not follow God, right? Anyone who does not claim that God is their um, way of truth, of finding out truth. Anyone who does not profess to follow God to be a believer of God. That's an ungodly person. Even people maybe that confess God, but they don't do anything that he says. They don't look at scripture and are obedient to that. They don't use scripture as their counsel. That's an ungodly person. A godly person looks to scripture. Okay? So the first thing we see is a blessed man, a a, a saved man, first and foremost, gets his counsel not from the wicked, not from the ungodly, Okay, but from the word of God. So the psalmist is saying these ungodly people don't go there to get your counsel. Okay, so what's counsel? So they can't help you with any matter. Don't go there to get counsel. Counsel is advice. And it can be about work. It can be about anything in life. It's not just about the scripture, but it's about anything. Your advice, how to live. Because a rich man, that that's his goal, that's all he's concerned about. If he's going to tell you how to work, he may tell you things that don't line up with Scripture. So even so, we don't just look to that rich man and go, he's got it all figured out. He's made this part work. And we go, okay, um, I'm just going to listen to Rory when it comes to this, when, it comes to the, when, we, when I come here. But, but these other people in life who are successful in what they do, I'm just going to listen to them. The Bible says don't do that. That's bad advice. Okay? That's bad advice. Because 
the Bible says that, that this is the truth. This is the truth and this is the way and this is the only way. So what should be your biggest concern in life actually shouldn't be how to get rich. It should be how to follow God. So this is the most important thing that we do in our life. So this is the pattern of everything in our life. It's a pattern of, uh, for, for everything. Um, I've got a friend that struggling with marital problems, Christian guy, like, once again. And he comes to me, hey, will you pray with me? We talk. I mean, this is over a long period of time. We 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 talk. Will you help me? What? And all I do is, I, I you know what? I'm not a counselor, but but I let's look at the Word of God. Let's just open up the Bible and see what it says, uh, you know, about divorce. Because he's one, you know, how oh, man. And he, and he's you know, he's married to a pretty pretty um, tough gal, you know. I mean, and it's and it's real. It's it's a real battle. I mean, he's telling me these. I'm like, wow, that you know, I don't. But here's what the Word of God says. So he would keep coming to me, and then and, and he started going to counselors. Some of them called cr- Christian, but he would kind of tell me what they were saying, and I'm just really questioning whether they're Christian or not. But he just kept going to these counselors. I mean, he'd go to like five or six different counselors, and he'd still come to my house and talk to me, and we'd pray together. He'd call me, and I'm just going, "Man, listen, this is your counsel. Quit going to these people." Don't you see that they're, they're giving you man's wisdom? And man's wisdom, there's no truth in that. There, there's God's wisdom and man's wisdom. Man doesn't have partial wisdom. Man doesn't have partial truth. Our hearts are wicked. Okay, we have truth once we're in Christ. The, the problem was, I don't think he really sought the truth. And I think that's where a lot of people are at. I'm not sure if, if, if people really do want to know the truth sometimes. So they do go to outside sources. A lot of gals, you know, their husband's doing this. And, uh, well, this gal, she's a godly woman. I, yeah, I'm going to go to this gal over here, you know, who's going to kind of maybe side with me. We do that a lot. Guys do the same thing. We need to make sure that the Bible is our source for our counsel. Proverbs 14:12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end this is the way of death. And that's the world, isn't it you guys? I've got this figured out. This is how it works. This is how let me I'll tell you how marriage works. When she's being like this, you can leave, buddy. You can get out of here. If you're tired of her, if she if he is lazy, you, you can get out of here if he doesn't look the same. This is man's wisdom, and it leads to death. Proverbs 16.2 says, All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes. We think we're doing it right. We've got to look to the Scripture. I made a list, just kind of writing some thoughts out today, kind of, crazy here bear with me but just kind of made a list of man's wisdom and, and God's wisdom and this is not exhaustive by any means Man, man's wisdom says this is how to become rich God says this is how to become poor we come up with self-help self-help books God says I am the only way of help 
Man says, eye for an eye. God says, give to those who steal from you. Man says, love your family and those who are nice to you. God says, love your enemy. Man says, it's better to receive. God says, it's better to give. Man says, elevate self, even to the point of lying, cheating, and stepping on others. Whatever you got to do to get to the top. God says, elevate others to the point of sacrifice and suffering. My way must be right, is what man says. My way. God's wisdom says your way can't possibly be right. Only the strong survive is what man would say. God says only the weak inherit the kingdom. Man says there's many ways to God. God says there's only one way to me. Man says my heart is good. God says your heart is desperately wicked. Who can even know it? Man says I must be in control. God says I am in control. You must surrender. Man says eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. God says no, Jesus, for tomorrow you may die. Man says, pursue comfort. God says, I am the comforter. I got to have it right now, man would say. The Bible says, you got to have him. (laughs) Man says, by my works. The Bible says, by his grace. God wants me to be rich, is what man would say. God wants you to be saved. My family is more important than others. Jesus said, others are my family. Man tithes because we can afford it. God tells us we tithe if we have faith. Man says, do what's easy. The Bible says, do what's right. Man says, wait until we have, it's the right time to preach the gospel to your friends. Bible simply says, preach the gospel to your friends. <clears throat> Man's wisdom says, I am saved by a tearful confession. God's wisdom says, I am saved by an enduring faith. Man's wisdom says, faith is separate than works. God's wisdom says, faith is made complete by works. Man says you can still have God in your life, but not look like him. You can still look the same. The Bible teaches us that when you have God come into your life, you can never be the same. You are a new creation. Man says following God will make life easy. The Bible says following God will bring persecution. Man says it all cost, avoid a life of suffering. God says, count the cost. Following me leads to suffering. Man says, continuous deliberate sinning is covered by grace. Man says, or God says, continuous deliberate sinning leads to death. Man says, if you can, that you can follow two masters, you can love stuff and you can love God. God says you can't love two masters. 
Man says, Jesus can be my Savior without being my Lord. The Bible says, Jesus will not be your Savior if he is not your Lord. Man says, go and make real men. Make them leaders. Make them entrepreneurs. The Word of God says, go and make disciples. Man says, I cannot understand the Bible. I can't read it. I'm not educated enough. God says, those who seek me, find me. Man says, my good works must impress God. God says, your your, your works are like filthy rags. Man says, having passions and pursuits that take the place of God is okay. God said, you shall have no other gods before me. Man says, I can love both God and the world. God says, you cannot love both God and the world. Man says, good trees can bear bad fruit. God says, no good tree bears bad fruit. Last list. Man says, I can harbor resentment and anger towards others and still be forgiven by God. God says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Man says, achievement, accomplishment, these are the things we're striving for. God says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Man says, God, give me more so I can be comfortable. The Bible says, God, don't give me too much lest I forget you. Man says, if God loved me, he would never let me go through this. The Bible says, in a day of prosperity, be joyful, and in a day of adversity, consider. God has made one as well as the other, so that you will be able to find out that nothing is after your heart. God is soft towards sin. That's man's understanding now. God says, you sin, you die. Wealth, riches, physical strength, beauty, and power are the things that man holds up the highest. And we're told in the book of Ecclesiastes, these are all vanity. Just a list, um, just some thoughts that that we hold up as men, and, and some of those were real convicting to me as I was just kind of, they were just kind of rattling off and You know, some of you, even after reading that list, may go, you know, where, where am I at with that? You know, I'm, I'm, where, where you, you know I, I was confused by some of that. I mean, that, that kind of follows me. I wasn't even aware of that. How do I know if I'm following after God? You will follow only his counsel. The Bible will be your source. And it says here, the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So it's, it's using the Bible as your source of counsel and walking in it. 
it's, it's not okay, it's not good enough just to have all this knowledge. It's not okay that we come here and we just get filled with this head knowledge and we go out and do whatever we want to do. The Bible says that is the path to destruction. The blessed man, the saved man, looks to the Bible for all of his counsel and he walks in it. That's what he does. Why does that save him? Because that demonstrates a faith. We are saved by our faith. We are saved by our faith when we receive God's counsel, the word of God. And by faith, you follow God's counsel. Following after ungodly counsel proves that you have no faith in God. You have faith in man. That's what it's demonstrating. It's demonstrating a heart that is after this world. So you guys, we must, we must be having the authority of everything that we do, everything that we do, not just Sundays, not just how do we deal with spiritual matters, how do we deal with children, how do we deal with relationships, how do we deal with work, everything. The Bible is the authority. It must be our counsel. Where do you get your instructions for life? I think most people would say the Bible. Does your, does your life say that? Does your life say that you get your instruction for the Bible? More importantly, would God say that? Would God say, this is my daughter, this is my son. All their counsel comes from me. Some will say, you know, but I, but I can't understand the Bible. I, I have a hard time, you know, um, with understanding it. I just don't get it when I read it. It's just, it's just too difficult for me. It's too hard. I, I, I can just say, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Pray through it. Pray in it. Work hard at it. You've got you to keep pressing on. You've got to keep pushing on. You've got to try. You've got to try. You just pray. The Bible says that um, the Bible itself is foolishness to those who are dying, to those who are, who are lost. Maybe you're just lost. Maybe you're just lost. God, just, just wrestle with this stuff. If you're one of those who struggles to ever get into the word, or rarely ever, or there's no joy in it, there's no delight in it, wrestle with this stuff. You've got to. You guys, there's, there's no other plan that God has. There's no other method out there that God has of bringing you to him that's outside of the word of God. There's no other plan. It doesn't exist. Well, maybe if I just get really, really smart, or, or sometimes maybe God just, he just hammers people, and he just, he, it's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's right here. This is his plan. This is his method for drawing you to him, to an understanding, to a knowledge, to a knowledge that saves. 
The first time I fell off my bike, or the first time I rode my bike, rather, I, I fell off. The second time I rode my bike, I fell off. The third time I rode my bike, I fell The fourth time I rode my bike, I fell off. The fifth time I rode my bike, no, I ran into a corral. But it really, really hurt. My dad just let me go, and I just crashed. But Anyway, point is, right, that it's not, I, I didn't get on my, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm not going to do this. This bike riding thing's not for me. I watched my dad do it. I'll just go, and he can ride. I'll just hang on to him, and we'll just go everywhere. I'm just, right, things are difficult in life. God said that the road to life is what? It's hard. It's narrow. It's not easy. It's not easy. Why do we expect it to be easy? Why do we expect it to be simple? There's no battle. There's no, there's no pressing. There's no pursuit of God. We kind of want it to be that way. I can just come and hang out and I can sing some good songs and I can do, you know. Here's the good news in that. It, it doesn't take a scholarship. It doesn't take a high school education. It doesn't take a smart person to understand the scripture. It doesn't take a smart person to come to God, to, to follow God. You don't have to study the Greek. God says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart. There's a measure out there. He knows. When you seek him with everything you've got, God will not hide himself from you. We have got to be in his word. It's how we grow. It's how we know him. It's how we wrestle with this stuff. If you're never in his word, you won't wrestle with anything. Just keep working at it, you guys. That's what I'm doing. Still doing it. Just still doing it. Just keep working at it. So the first thing we see about a blessed man, a saved man, is that he walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So he walks in the counsel of God. Walks in the counsel of God. Next part says, nor stands in the way of sinners. This blessed man does not stand in the way of sinners. So stands in the way of what? What what are we talking about here? Well, I think everybody here probably knows and stands in the way of Jesus, right? In the way of salvation. Well, that that, that seems easy. That seems real easy to do. I just... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stumble anybody. I'm. I. I won't do that. I'm not gonna go over here and tell this guy. Yeah, no, no, and, and all this bad info. I'm not gonna do this. You guys, as I quoted that verse in, in, in actually just just the part of it there in, in Matthew seven about that the way is narrow that leads to life and few will find it, right? Narrow, it's a narrow road and few will find it. So, so is this really what God's talking about? Is this someone who just gets out of the way of these people that are stumbling around in the darkness? 
Is that what God's talking about when he says he gets out of the way of sinners? Does not stand in the way of sinners? If this was all you had of the Bible, you you might come to that conclusion. You just get out of the way. But the whole of Scripture talks to us about we as Christians are to be light to this world. We have people that are stumbling around in the darkness looking for this road. And we're just going to back up and not get in their way. Hope that Rory meets them on the road. Hope that we can get them to come here. God calls us to be lights in this world. This is something that I personally have been struggling with for the last probably good year. And and those of you that know me well, you know this. You know, understanding scripture and digging, you know, and just coming to this. I, I, I just can't avoid it in scripture, the emphasis, the weight that God puts on loving people. It's everywhere. And I look at my life and I go, do I love people? Is this me? And like I said, I've been wrestling with that heavily with a lot of the specific scriptures in the Bible about it for the last year. And Matthew 22, we know what that says, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. These are all the commandments. As, as, as a Pharisee asked him, what, what's the greatest command? That's what he said. Love your neighbor as yourself. We, we know that. We all know that. We know those verses. That's easy, right? We, we do that. I don't. I don't love my neighbor as myself a lot. Maybe ever. I don't know. What does that mean to love your neighbor as yourself? That's a commandment. Ephesians, I think it's in chapter 5, it says, Be imitators of God and walk in love. Imitate God. Here's what you're going to do. Walk in love. First John tells us that whoever loves God must also love his brother. You don't love your brother, you don't love God. How's that? John 15 says, This is my commandment that you love one another. And nobody has any greater love than this, that you would lay down your life for your brother. That's the greatest love, your life. Matthew tells us to love your enemies. How about that one? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's really easy for me to love the people who are nice to me. It's really easy to love my family members but it's real hard to love anyone that's after me or that's wronged me. It's really hard. And of course, there's the sheep and the goat judgment in, in Matthew 25 that talks about, this splits these, this group of people up, just divides them down the middle and Everybody that's over here that, that, that has a life fit for the destruction, the pit of hell, they're, they're all people who did nothing for anybody else. And over here are people who did things for others. 
Jesus says, when, you feed, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you took me in, right? There, I mean, we could go on and on and on. So I sit here and look at this. Help me, God, to love people. Help me to love sinners. Help me to love the person. And just reading, just, uh, just this last week, I came across a verse. I'm sure I've read it before, but in Hebrews 10.26, it says, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. What does that say to me? If I deliberately continue to sin, there's no longer a sacrifice. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out what that says, right? So I look at me and I go, okay, is there anything in my life? Is, is this, have I lived in complete darkness this whole time and not even known it because I've got sin and I just continue to deliberately do that? Is there anything in my life? It can't, this can't be me. So I look at the sins of commission. You know, I, if I'm being honest, I sin plenty, but I can't think of anything that I just willingly continue to do. I, I, I look at the sin of omission. Okay, so that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. What does God tell me to do? What does God tell me to do? You know, one of the most powerful messages in all the scripture God, God says, I am all authority. Under heaven and earth, I, everything, it is me. I am all authority, right? Matthew 28. That makes all of us hearers and doers. We don't have a little bit of authority, and he's got most of it. He says, I have all authority under heaven and earth. It's all mine. All of it, okay? I am the authority. So we get that? When somebody says that, this is right before he was going to say, this is when somebody says that, you listen to what he says, right? What follows next is rather important. Your, your ears are listening. You go, okay, what do you have for me? He says, go and make disciples. That's what he says next. The next verse, 19. Go and make disciples. Okay. It's probably a pretty big deal that I go and make disciples. If I look at Scripture and I go, this is some powerful language here. Really, really powerful. And he's telling me, do this. I don't see it as an option. So that I get to look back at my life, where I'm at now, and go, is this me? Is this me? Is my life consumed with making disciples? Or is it even on my radar? Or do I think that's what Rory does? Or do I think that's what the... We have labeled people, disciples, we have a list out there, and only those guys do that. You, you guys, that's for everyone. That's for everyone. If you know Jesus, you can disciple you met him somehow. You've tasted him somehow. 
and discipling some. It may not look as like the same for everyone, but that's got to be our heart, you guys. So the Westminster Catechism says, and we've talked about that before, the chief end of man is to glorify God, right? I, I believe that. We even taught that at men's study. But for, for me, this just helps me. I was talking to Blaine about this just the other day. This just really helps me. If, if my chief end is to glorify God, somehow I can, I can screw that up and go, okay, this only means look at God. Now, I mean, just screw the world. Just, just look at God. Read everything you need to. Go read all the books. Read, you know, everything and just, just look here at God. While that sounds good and right, the, the Bible says don't forget other people. And that's how I can get in that. Okay, so I'm not trying to argue with that Westminster Catechism. I'm not trying to say that's wrong. I'm just saying for me, I, I've kind of just been recently coming to, you know, what, what God has given me in this. This is about others. So the chief end of me, the end of me, what, what my, my, all my pursuits lie under, they all need to point up to this. It, would it be just simply love others? I don't know. You could make an argument for that. But, but what I've come up with, and I'm not trying to come up with script. I mean, this is just me, right? But trying to figure out what, what it is that I need to be pursuing the most and, and what it is, is to live a life so that others see Jesus. That, that it encompasses everything, I think, for, for me. Live a life so that others will see him. See, if, if I just kind of go with that to love others, I'm kind of good at looking at how to do that. And, and, and those of you who know me know I'm a, I'm a doer. I go and I try to help out a lot. Well, I can get to where I'm trying to please God in that, or I can get to where that's kind of just a, um, I, I just love doing the stuff. I don't want to call that loving others and have missed it. Loving others is loving their soul. <laughs> so I want people to see Jesus. That helps me think about that. I need to love their soul. And as I love their soul, I will help them. I will be a part of their lives. I will, I will teach them the gospel the best I can. I will share with them. I'll open up. They can have my everything. I just want them to see Jesus. Somehow they've got to see Jesus. And that doesn't, that's not void of God because they can't see. I can't teach them to see Jesus if I'm not in him. So to me, for me, that's, that's kind of been my thinking. Like This is last week, really. Um, I know I'm not messing things up by doing this because I'm following God if I do it. Because Jesus came here, his mission here was to seek and save the lost. His mission here was all about other people. All about other, everything he did, the sacrifices, the sufferings, it was so that others could see God. Amen? This is hard for sure, right? It's hard to love others. It's hard to do this. One of the scriptures that, that uh, I've, been, I've been looking at that's kind of helped me just a little bit, and I'll just share it with you, and, and maybe, maybe it'll speak to you. Philippians chapter 2, 
um, verses 3 through 5. It says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So, so what we need to do is we need to put, elevate other people. See, if we have people down here and, and us up here, it makes us hard to look down on them and love them. It makes us hard to have patience for them. It makes it hard to extend grace to them, right? But when we have people elevated in our eyes like Jesus did, he became the servant of all, right? He became the servant. It even goes on to say this, and I won't read all of that, but... It says, let each of you not look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And verse 5 says, have this mind among you. Let this be your mind that you elevate people, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ Jesus, this will be your mind. That's what he's saying. He doesn't give us an option that says, well, if you're in Christ Jesus, this could be your mind. But it might not. You might still be self-absorbed. It says, if you're in Christ Jesus, this will be your mind. You will count others more significant than yourselves. Why? Because you want them to see Jesus. How can I do it? Matthew 28. Blaine pointed me out when we were having this conversation about this the other day. Matthew 28 tells us that. It says, go and make these disciples. And the last thing it says is, I am with you. I am with you till the end of the age. I do it. I do it. You be in me. You be in me. And when I'm in you, it happens. Okay, so that's the second thing. And we'll, we'll quickly get through the, the last here. So blessed is a man that walks in the counsel of God. Blessed is the man that loves sinners' souls. And and, and the third thing is, blessed is this man that does not sit in the seat of scoffers. So I looked at this originally and I thought, well, that's simple. Scoffers is scornful, it may say in in your translation. That's that's somebody who's depicted as as completely opposed to God. And everybody knows it in the Bible. Okay, so um, that's a pretty obvious one. So blessed is the man who's not a scoffer, right? That seems very clear to me. I thought, that's kind of odd that that's in there. Open up a commentary, and, and, and the guy helped me see it more clearly. It says, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. It doesn't say, blessed is the man who does not scoff. It says, who sits in that seat. And he's going to explain that, that what this is saying is that if that's a scoffer, you don't sit in his seat. You don't look like him. You don't look like the world. He's using language here that says somebody, obviously, that's completely opposed to God, you can't look like that person. Your life doesn't demonstrate that you're a scoffer. There's a distinction between the two of you. That's a scoffer. You're a Christian. So we go, well, okay, yeah, that's simple. I won't do that. I won't sit over, I won't. 
We can't look like him. We can't look like the rest of the world. Do we? Of course we can't. Or, 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 or do we say, yeah, I can. See, I can. I figured out how. I know I'm going to write the second Bible, but I have figured out how I can sit in the seat of the scorn, how I can look like the rest of the world and love God and follow God and be a pursuer of God. I figured out how to do it here in America. See, the United States wasn't here when this was written. I've got it dialed in, though. We've got it down good. I can look like everybody else looks. I can look like that scoffer who's completely opposed to God and follow him. We can't. We think that, that somehow we can, we can follow God and look like the world. You know, um, Facebook's been kind of an eye-opener for me to kind of expose people's hearts, really. And, 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 and a lot of these people that I, that I see, I just kind of look at the comments, and, and um, it may not be exactly where they're standing. I don't know. But typically, I don't think you, you write something, you proofread it, and then you send it if you don't think that's a good representation of you. But I, I see things on there from professed Christians that show their anger, their covetousness, jealousy, their anxiousness, their maliciousness, happy in things of the world, sorrowful, philosophy things of the world, their discontentment in life, and their self-absorption. It's a real eye-opener for me to see that. And, and, and for some people, it's all the time that these... Po- so... so and like I said, I don't know where they're at, but it, it just seems rather odd if you're in Christ and this, you're, you're a follower of Christ um, that you'd post these things if you're not sitting in the seat of the scornful, if you're not looking like the rest of the world. People are not afraid to look like the world. I don't get that. The Bible doesn't make that a comfortable thing. We should be very afraid to look like the rest of the world. Somehow when we read the, 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 the writings of, of Paul talking about being an imitator of God, we've made that word imitator into something else. You know, you, 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 play, you play follow the leader and, and you do what the leader does, right? Everything that the leader, you flap your arms, you flap your arms, you beat your head, you, you beat your head, right? Cause, cause, or, or you lose the game, Right? Simon says, you, you, you do what Simon says, exactly what he says, or you lose the game. I just, I just sold my dump trailer uh, last night. The, the guy writes me a check. I thought he was going to bring, and he lives in Redmond. I thought, oh gosh, uh, what do I do here? I'll trust him. All right. Signs a check to me. I got his license, a couple other things. Well, he's gone to Reno for a week, um, and, and he, he he, um, he only wrote his first name on the check. Wrote, filled out all the information, but only wrote his first name on the check. Erica goes down to cash it today, and the bank says, no, uh-uh, need a last name. So this concerns me a little bit, of course, because I didn't notice it. But uh, the banks, he called the bank. The guy's, a, you know, he's a pretty good guy, it seems like. And, 
complete honest mistake. He calls the bank and he says, hey, um, you know, here's what's going on. They asked him all these questions and they came back and they said, okay, I'll tell you what, um, have that lady bring back that check. And if the name matches exactly as the card is here, we'll go ahead and cash it. And so I won't keep you guys hanging. They, they cashed it. Anyway, but it's an exact, it, they're looking for it to be exact so they know that it's him. Right? Exact representation of this. An exact, an imita- you know, these words, somehow when they get to the Bible, they change though. I don't have to imitate God. I don't have to imitate him to be a follower of him. I don't have to look like him to be a follower of him. He was too extreme. I can't do that. God says, yes, you can. And you must. You see, if we had the excuse that we didn't have the Holy Spirit here, it might give us a better chance. But we have the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. In James chapter 5, 17, it says that we have the same Spirit reminding you and me we have the same Spirit as Elijah. We are without excuse. Will we sin? Sure, we will sin. Unfortunately, we will sin. But we can surrender. I'm afraid that if a lot of us went to court under the conviction that this guy's a, a Christian, he's a follower, he's an imitator of Christ, I'm afraid that the judge would set a lot of people free. Go, ah, this, this guy's free. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not either. Hey, I, I actually want to be. Well, you're, you're not. <laughs> I can't. You don't do anything like him. You don't look like him. Here's, here's who he is. It's opposed. You look like these guys over here, actually. They're all free. Go ahead and go. Paul, close with this. Why don't you turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Familiar verses here, I know. Verse 7 says, But whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ indeed. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Okay, so, so remember, this is Paul. This is the greatest evangelist this world has ever seen. This is the greatest sufferer possibly this world has ever seen. This is the greatest doer of the will of God that we see. Let's read what he says next. This is the guy that wrote the Romans' road to salvation. It says, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish And in my version, it says, in order that I may gain Christ. I have suffered the loss of all things, everything. I have no home. I have no reputation. I have no money. I have have nothing just so that I can have him. I don't want to have anything, you see, that might keep me from Jesus. There is nothing Nothing in this world that impresses me like him. I don't want anything that might make me miss God. Nothing. You can have it. 
Matter of fact, please take it. And it goes on to say, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. So I'm not doing this so that I'm proving, I'm not doing this so that I'm good and I don't have anything like some people get confused about. But he says, but that which comes through faith in Christ. So that when I have nothing, Paul says, I have not, he knows my heart. I have a wicked heart. Who can, I can't even know my own heart. But if I have nothing to put my hope in, to put my trust in, if I've got nothing, I know I've got him. And I know I'm probably on the right track. This is the guy that wrote the book of Romans. And it says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And I may share in his sufferings. He says, Give me everything to be an imitator of him. Even his sufferings, I want to imitate that. Everything about Jesus, I have to have that. I've got to be found in him, you see. And verse 11 says that by any means possible, by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. By any, this is Paul. If Paul wrestles with salvation, if Paul wrestles with being found in God, if Paul wrestles with it, I think I'm okay too. You see, our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know them? That's what the Bible says. I don't think I know my own heart. That scares me until I read back in Psalms and verse 1 says, this is what it means to be a, a, a blessed man. This is what it means to be saved. You don't have to know your heart. Follow my word. Follow my word. Read it. And do it. That's the counsel. Then love people. Love their souls. Spend your life doing that. You won't look like the rest of the world. And I'll close with with this. But the, the next verse talks about loving to meditate on the word of God. So you don't have to know your own heart. You won't. He knows your own heart. It's got to be obedient. We've got to follow him. You need to know you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And you need to be able to back it up with the word of God. I, I did not go to Bible school. I'm not that educated. I didn't finish college. I used to despise reading the word of God. And I am honest when I say that. I grew up Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. I did a lot of stuff that looked like Christian's. I, I, I didn't take counsel from God. I didn't take it from the Word of God. I didn't. I could quote a lot of scripture because I went through all the programs. Stuff meant nothing to me. This now, you guys, because He is so good to me. Because God is so good to me. And he loves me so much. Not because I deserved it, but He gave me four thousand chances to come to Him, and to and and I see how much He loves me now. I see there's no other hope. I see there's no other way. I want to live my life for him completely. I hope sold out enough, just as much as Paul or anybody. I, I hope that's my desire. I want that to be real. I want that to be me. And it all came from God doing it in me and through me. The Holy Spirit gave me power. But I pursue him in this. 
I love to read the word. I love to meditate on it. I meditate on it all the time. When I'm at work, I can somehow find time to meditate on it. I sin. I'm not trying to elevate me. I'm not trying to lift me up. I'm just trying to say, if I can do it, so can you. My reading comprehension in high school was horrible. I think I read two books from high school and down. I read, I don't know if I read a book in college. Very slow reader. Got to read it backwards and forwards and inside and out to ever get it. I'm still horrible at, at quoting but I can remember where stuff's at. And so it just causes, I thank God that I am because it causes me to be in there all the time. I am dead, if, if I can do it, you can do it. But I pressed, I pursued, I pushed. And I love to read his word and that's what the last part was, just delighting in his word. If you delight in his word, you're blessed. 